Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We have a brand new lineup with us today. We've got Jason Buttrell sitting in the first chair here. Yeah. Wow, look at that promotion. Seat. I know, right? <laughs> I told him, I said, Jason, just because you're sitting there doesn't mean you're allowed to just talk for 15 minutes with no interruptions. Why not? That's only reserved for Glenn. Literally the only reason I agreed to be on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got uh, Lathan Watts from First Liberty. First Liberty, say that three times yeah, faster. Easy for you to say. Uh, communications <laughs> director from First Liberty. You work with uh, our good friend Jeremy. I do. So uh, we're happy to uh, to have you. We Thanks decided to uh, to ditch him and go with you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I've got better hair. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got uh, Blaze Media critic Rob Eno. In town, along for the ride. In town, along for the ride, finding a place to move, and I'll be here uh, in two months. Wow. So Welcome to Texas. Yeah, it's hot. <laughs> it it's real. And I'm from South Carolina, so it's really, really hot. It is. I think probably July is not like the time that you want to just move here and uh, adapt to the weather. So we're waiting until September, September 1st, <laughs> yeah. Labor Day weekend. Uh, all right, Jason, what's your top story today? Um, we used to be the party of fiscal responsibility. That's kind of gone away. I don't think there is a party of fiscal responsibility anymore. Um, and the $22 trillion, I think, is national debt. Uh, one trillion uh, budget uh, deficit uh, every year. And uh, the new numbers came out for May that showed spending and frightening. All right, Lathan. My story is one that kind of got lost uh, towards the end of the news cycle last week because of the holiday, but it's really important. Uh, new policy directive from the director, uh, from the Secretary of Veterans Affairs that will protect uh, religious displays at all VA facilities uh, around the country. So it's a, it's a big step, uh, it's a great policy, and it is uh, in keeping with, he actually cited uh, the recent Supreme Court decision, in our case, American Legion versus American Humanist Association. So we're, we're excited to see the immediate impact of that case. Okay, all right, can't wait to, uh, to hear the details on it. Rob? Uh, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg at the Aspen Ideas Festival um, last month went and bragged about shutting down political ads um, from opponents of the law or the referendum in Ireland last year that made abortion legal um, in the Republic of Ireland. I believe it's still illegal in Northern Ireland, even though it's legal in the rest of the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but he, he said that he wished that countries would do it, but if countries aren't going to give them direction on how to police speech, um, he would ask some people in the country how to do it and then do it himself. Mm. Oh, good. So. Oh, man, I can't wait. <laughs> Lots to get into. Obviously, first, we want to thank our sponsor, American Financing. Uh, so if you are looking for home loan, refi, uh, whatever the case may be, American Financing is who you want to depend on. Um, they have salary-based professionals there. They're not commission-based, which is huge when you're talking about Oh, I don't know, the biggest investment you're ever going to make in your life. No pressure there. It's just that you kind of want someone who, A, is knowledgeable, uh, B, is not in it for the kickbacks that they might be getting, you know, in commission, and um, C, will answer your questions and not make you feel stupid. Because let's face it, you go there and there's this big stack of paper and they're explaining things to you and you're like, uh, uh-huh, yeah, I understand those numbers. Uh, I don't want to ask anything because I'm going to sound really dumb. No, don't do that. Go to American Financing. Let them answer your questions. Let them put you in a position, a financial position that's going to be right for you and your family. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net or you can call 800-906-2440, American Financing. Net. All right, Jason, uh, there is no party anymore that's concerned at all with spending. No, there really isn't. Uh, it irritates me. It angers me, actually, that the lack of discussion. 
I think I don't think I, could, I ser- there was a serious conversation even on roll, rolling black like entitlements and uh, you know social security, Medicare, Medicaid, everything. Probably maybe since Paul Ryan. Maybe mm-hmm. I, I just kind of went away. It's political suicide to say that you're going to roll those back, so they just don't even touch it. Uh, I remember there's some reports came out last year, maybe two years ago, that they said that uh, the trust fund for uh, Medicare was going to be completely depleted uh, in eight years. Social Security, the exact same in 16 years. Um, those are going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, our unfunded liabilities right now um, are at about 122 trillion. So basically, what that is is that's the government has promised to say, look, we're going to provide for pensions, we're going to provide, for, you know, for people that work for the government or whatever. Um, we're going to pay out Medicare, Medicaid to all these people, uh, Social Security um, for people. Uh, for boomers, that's getting at a crisis level right now. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand boomers are retiring every single day. Ten thousand. We're an aging country. And those, that 122 trillion that we promised to pay, we don't—they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. They, that's why it's unfunded. They, they don't have the money. So there is going to be significant change. Either these programs are going away, or we're looking at a a lot of taxes, basically, to try and like fix that. This is going to affect everyone's lives significantly in the very near future. Um, to what I teased at before, uh, the the Treasury Department came out with uh, with their figures from May. And they're saying that this is uh, how much all the different, you know, you know, departments, whatever. Mo- but basically, most of the uh, organizations within the government that me as a libertarian would just do away with. But me as a libertarian, these right here, about the four on this graphic, are the four that I would say these are must-have. Like these are the ones that I would say I wouldn't get rid of them. If if I was president, I would keep these and strike probably anything else I had department of or agency of. But the Department of Defense uh, spent six hundred fifty-two um, billion. Um, this is in a, in a fiscal year. So this is how much they've, uh, they've been spending over the first few months, and this is what it's projected at for the rest of the year. Homeland Security will spend $62 billion. Department of Justice, $41 billion. Department of State, $29 billion. Now check this out. This is the Department of Health and Human Services. Mm. $102 billion per month. Jeez. Per month. That's an all-time record. They're spending over $100 billion every single month. Now, to put this into perspective, they're going to spend $1.2 trillion for the entire year. That breaks down to $102 billion a month, like I said, f- almost $5 billion a day, $197 million per hour, and $3 million per minute. That's insane. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely insane. And 90% of that goes to what you would pretty much assume Medicare and Medicaid. 90%. It's a small fraction that goes to, like, say, the CDC or other areas like that. But 90% is going to Medicare and Medicaid. Who is talking about doing anything about Medicare and Medicaid? No, absolutely no one is. I remember Ben Carson. Except for making Medicare for all. Right. 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 You think it's bankrupt right. now? Yeah, yeah, they just want to expand it. Very good point. And like, like I just said, that's going to be gone in almost eight years, what they're projecting. They can't even fund it. Now, instead, they're going to provide it to more people. That's absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. And the only way you're going to pay for it, again, is it's, I, I would assume, something like the NHS, which they don't even really talk about. They don't even go into the specifics of it. But a lot of people think that, oh, well, the government's going to pay for it. No big deal. Yeah, we might have some taxes. No, you're going to see that on your paycheck, like, just like citizens of the U.K. do. I, I looked at a friend of mine's uh, old paycheck when he used to live there. They have their regular, you know, like tax for this, tax for that, tax for this. An NHS, and it goes about five hundred dollars a month or something like, depending on how much you make or whatever. So you're still paying for health insurance. Exactly it's just coming the same. from the government. Yeah, yes, it's, yeah, exactly it's free. the same. My, my, when I move here, mine's going to be about five fifty a month, up from what I was paying in South Carolina. You know, yes, it will pay everything, but you know, it, you look at that Medicaid. The reason health insurance is expensive is because there's third party payment. 
The way to get health insurance down is not to add third-party payment like we did with the housing crisis and with education and all of these other things that the government sticks its nose in and throws boatloads of money into it. It's to do things like the Surgery Center of Oklahoma, which is right up the road here um, in Oklahoma, just north of here, does. And they have a, a price transparency menu. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Donald Trump did the price transparency stuff about a month and a half ago, and the media doesn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's always like, what has Donald Trump done? Well, you know, he's done this, 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 and this. And, you know, the, normally when the economy goes well, like it's been doing, you see these sorts of things go down. But with Obamacare saying we're going to pay for everybody's Medicaid, um, it went up. But, I mean... What is it? Food stamps are at like 20 year lows now because like in the 90s when the economy roared, food stamp usage came down. You know what um, I heard, though? I heard uh, on Twitter, which is always the place you should get your revenue. It is the best place for news. <laughs> uh, I heard on Twitter that food stamps were um, low at a record low because Donald Trump is just taking it away from people. Oh, yeah, yeah. They just don't have it. They're just starving in the streets, Rob. That's why food stamps are dramatically uh, lower. Lefty Twitter on this stuff is just crazy. If you lived in Twitter, you would think that Donald Trump is going to lose this election by, like, 40%. Yeah. But when you talk to actual people in inner cities, look at the, the BET president was like, they've gone too far left just this week. If you talk to actual middle-class African-American people like I have, they're like, no, we're doing great, man. Like, a a lot of people don't want to rock this boat. Um, And a lot of just the angry stuff is is that. But to to get back to your point, you know, in a booming economy, I mean, we didn't have tax rates there, but, like, our tax receipts are the highest they've ever been, right? Mm -hmm. Even with the Trump tax cut, the tax rates have been going up. So, you know, everybody's like, oh, the the tax cuts are what's driving this. No, it's that you're spending twice... What you're spending on defense, which is an actual thing that's supposed think, to happen in the I think country. It's record tax revenue, I yeah. think, where we're at right now. Oh, it, it always still. is. Every time you lower rates, revenue goes up. And so this would be the perfect time to do something about deficits when you have record revenue. Mm-hmm. And you're right, nothing has really even been proposed maybe since uh, the, the Budget Control Act, which exempted entitlements, which even that didn't do anything about the entitlement spending, which is what's driving the deficit. I mean, you mentioned HHS and their budget. HHS, if it stood alone as a government on its own in terms of budget and personnel, would be among like the top 10 biggest governments in the world. <laughs> Just wow. that one department. <laughs> so you're never going to address this problem without addressing entitlements. And Social Security is the other one. I, I think, I think yeah. Health and Human Services is $1.2 trillion. Social Security is about $1 trillion as well. Healthcare <laughs> is the one sector of the economy that has zero market forces involved. If you want to bring down right. cost in anything, introduce mar- free and open market competition. Um, there are, uh, you know, previous career, you know, worked for a nonprofit association. There's an association for literally everything, everything. in this country. Yeah. There's even an association for associations. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you eliminate barriers to compete across state lines mm-hmm. for, for health insurance companies, those associations that represent millions of people ar- around the country could buy health insurance for their members as a benefit of being that association, uh, the cost would come down because you'd have millions of people in that risk pool just for you know, one association. Um, you start introducing market forces, companies, health insurance companies have to start competing and, mm-hmm. and lowering their prices. Um, it, is, it would be a silver bullet almost to a lot of issues around healthcare, which as you said, you know, in HHS, you know, Medicare, Medicaid, all of those things are what's driving uh, 
the deficit, and it's all related to health care. What irritates me about the GOP today is no one's saying what you just said. They're, they're not advocating that. The only people in government that I feel are making a case for health care are the socialists. Medicare for all. Right. Yes, yeah. they're the only ones. Well, yeah. because what, what happens is when you make that case, right, the, the, the lefty Twitter people, but even the mainstream media, when you make that case, people today conflate market, course, market forces with crony capitalism. Right. They, 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 when you say, I want private health care, they think private insurance companies, which really are, you know, going back to, to Atlas Shrugged, they're, they're the people that Wesley Mouch said that you, you could have, you know, you could have this company if you do everything the government says you can do. That, that's what insurance companies are. And it's funny you say state lines, right? I'm making the move from South Carolina mm-hmm. here to Texas, and I'm on an exchange plan because, you know, the way that we get paid, we do exchange plans, and that's how we, we pay for our health care. Um, we get compensated for it. That's how we do it. And my exchange plan is going to go up by like 25% coming from Texas. But weirdly, South Carolina has only one company on the exchange. I think they regulate it more, which is why the costs are driven down. I think Texas is like, ah, you can do whatever you want because it's Texas. <laughs> but, you know, there's no market forces obviously here. And, and it's more money and the plan's worse. So, yeah, if you had big pools of people that could go across state lines and they could offer, like, I want to be able to just keep the plan that I have. When I move to Texas, I mean, the, the drugs will work, the prescriptions will work because CVS will just do it wherever because I've gotten prescriptions anywhere. Sure. But I can't go out of network for my stuff. So I literally can't use a doctor here unless I do telemedicine for like the three months before I move right. over. The, the perfect example, um, take a LASIK eye surgery, mm-hmm. right? Not covered by most health insurance plans, right? So you will hear, you'll learn this here in, uh, in Dallas. Advertising on radio and TV for half a dozen, you know, LASIK eye surgeries. Mm-hmm. It's gotten more available and cheaper since that procedure was come up with. Why? Specifically because you have to pay for it out of pocket and people shop around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you call your doctor right now and ask him, what do you charge for X? Mm-hmm. You'll probably get answered with the question, well, what insurance do you have? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't even tell you what the price of it is. Right. Yeah, and even then, even then, they'll they'll say, "Well, I got to get the billing to go look that up and call you back." And it's all very complicated. So but I'll tell you. Uh, well, oh, so we got to go to break. Sorry, we'll be back. All right, Lathan, you said that you have uh, some good news. I love when exactly. you guys from First Liberty come because you almost always bring really good news. <laughs> we try uh, to. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, as far as religious liberty is concerned. Correct. So <clears throat> late last week, uh, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs uh, announced a new policy for all VA facilities around the country. And that policy uh, was designed to protect uh, religious uh, symbols and displays, uh, practices, uh, literature in all uh, VA facilities around the country. And where this started was up in New Hampshire in Manchester, there's a VA hospital there, and the Northeast POW MIA network, who's our client, um, asked for permission and and received it and put up a POW MIA uh, remembrance table at the VA hospital. They're pretty common around VA facilities around the country. And every item on a VA on a POW MIA table is symbolic. And so there's you know a yellow rose, there's a, an empty chair for the POW, and one of those symbols is typically a Bible that symbolizes uh, the strength gained through faith of the POW and his family while they while they wait. Well, the uh, Military Religious Freedom Foundation, uh, which is an Orwellian named yeah. group because they hate religious freedom, <laughs> um, started by who? Don't want to derail you there, but <laughs> yeah, it's a guy named Mikey Weinstein. Um, and he sent a letter 
to the VA facility in Manchester saying that uh, this uh, was illegal to have this Bible on the table and that it was somehow an establishment clause <laughs> violation and threatening to sue them. Uh, so we sent a letter to the VA explaining what the law actually is and what the, uh, the, the current VA policy was, uh, that this is a private display and it's perfectly acceptable to have it there. Um, and that director made the right decision and said it's, it's going to stay. Um, I think since then, uh, Mikey's filed a, a lawsuit, like he said he was going to, and uh, we'll be representing the POW MIA network, uh, North, uh, Northeast network. But when we sent the letter to that facility director, we also sent a letter to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. We, what we asked him to do was consider adopting a policy nationwide for all facilities, because if not, this group and others will just go facility to facility, because the current policy was to leave that at the discretion of the facility director. Mm-hmm. And what we said was, look, these guys are just going to go across the country and, you know, and, and hit these things everywhere because there's probably going to be some director who doesn't understand you know, what the policy or the law is. And just out of you know, an abundance of caution or fear of getting sued, is going to comply with this when he, does, he or she doesn't have to. So late last week, the, the Secretary of Veterans Affairs issued this new policy. Uh, and it protects, uh, it says the new policies will allow the inclusion in appropriate circumstances of religious content in publicly accessible displays at VA facilities allow patients and their guests to request and be provided religious literature, symbols, sacred texts during visits to VA chapels and during their treatment, allow the VA to accept donations of religious literature, cards, symbols at its facilities and distribute them to patrons under appropriate circumstances or to a patron who requests them. And then the great thing about their press release is right at the end they say, the U.S. Supreme Court recently reaffirmed the important role religion plays in the lives of many Americans and its consistency with constitutional principles. And that's a direct sight of... The, the recent case that we just won about mm-hmm. three weeks ago, the mm-hmm. uh, American Legion versus American Humanist Association. So it was great to see almost an immediate impact of that decision yeah. um, and, and a new policy that's going to protect these types of displays all over the country. Yeah. So it's, it, it was a big, big day for us when we saw this come out, and um, I'm glad to get a chance to talk about it here because it kind of got lost in the news cycle of the Yeah, I didn't hear day. about it. Yeah. I didn't hear about it at all. Um, you know, it's interesting these organizations think that Religious freedom means freedom from religion. Right. A lot, oftentimes, and I, I just, just not how it was supposed to be set up. Jason, you want to weigh in? How I'm, I'm curious. How were they even able to come forward with this? Was is it because it's a government run? Uh, because it's a VA yeah, facility, it's a VA. so it's government run. Mm-hmm. Another uh, reason. Sorry to derail this again, but yeah, another no, reason why the, <laughs> why the VA should be privatized. Yeah. I, I, I'm, 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 I know that veterans have been kind of split on this, so very passionately on both sides. But uh, it, it just needs to be privatized. Mm-hmm. Get, get it out of their hands. I mean, if you really, if you strongly believe in the welfare of anything at all, why do you think the government will be able to do it well? Well, they never do. AOC <laughs> told me that the VA system is working great. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. She's who right. I usually use as like my beacon of truth and yeah. Yeah, news. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's who I use. Well, Rob? Yeah, no, but, but you're right. I mean, the whole freedom from religion thing, they used to <clears> hold <throat> church services in the Senate chamber on Capitol Hill when the, right. when the Capitol was first built. That's where Thomas was, Jefferson went to church as president. Right. The guy the who wrote the phrase separation of mm-hmm. church and state yeah. in that letter, that's where he went to church. Right. It, 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 you're absolutely right. It's not freedom of religion. It's freedom, not freedom from religion. It's freedom of religion. It's that there's not a state. What I think people in the United States don't understand is in other countries, you go to Europe, in Germany, in France, there are religion taxes. 
So in Germany, you must pay a religion tax and you must tell them which religion that you belong to. And they take a certain amount out of your paycheck in withholdings and give it to whatever church you say you you belong to. That's what the United States said we're not going to do because there was an established church. And even after the the Constitution, until I, I forget which amendment, I'm not a lawyer, but there was an amendment that said that that all the constitutional amendments had to apply to actual states. Right. There were still state-based religions. The, the, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts had state-based religions, and that's where they fought for liberty. Right. So th- this whole, that it's, people just don't remember history. They don't understand what these things are for. And they want to, it's people like, I'm going to say it. You don't have to because you're going to go up against them in court. Mr. Was it Weintraub or Weinstein? Weinstein yeah. uh, it's people like Mr. Weinstein that, that want to fundamentally change what America is that brings, that, that brings these sort of cases. And that, that's what this is about. It's about fundamentally changing what the United States is. I think it also speaks to uh, the culture of, you know, today's society that we're, we're now triggered by objects, right? Like, right. It, it's supposed to bother me that there's something sitting on a table that I can make the decision to choose to just walk away from and not look at or be bothered by it. But we've developed this culture that, you know, we, I, oh, I saw a cross and I'm somehow triggered by that object. Right. I mean, the Constitution protects your rights, not your feelings. It's as simple as that. And that was one of the great things in the American Legion decision uh, in Justice Gorsuch in his concurrence that Justice Thomas joined. And I won't get too far in this because I know you've covered this on the show before. But in his in his concurrence, he said uh, we should also now that we're you know we're kind of returning to you know the original text of the First Amendment and in analyzing these cases. We should also completely do away with the offended observer status. Mm-hmm. And Thomas agreed with him and, and said, you know, these types of cases should be dismissed for lack of standing. Yeah. Just, the, just because you're offended by seeing an object mm-hmm. should not provide you standing to go into court and have that object removed or, or, or torn down. Right. And that's, again, you know, it gets to your cultural point, And we'll, we'll see how uh, courts are going to uh, apply that going forward. But I think uh, groups like this are going to have a tougher climb um, surviving motions to dismiss on these types of things um, simply because this offended observer status, it's only present in establishment clause cases. It's Mm -hmm. the only place in in the law where we recognize this right to go to court and have something torn down because you don't like it. It's only when it in establishment clause cases. And so hopefully this is the indication of, you know, it's morning in America again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, maybe instead of spending money on a court case, just get yourself a therapist. All right? Back in a minute. <laughs> Go talk it out on the couch. Exactly. Okay? Looks like, like you were saying, is the, you know, throwing the milkshake with quick dry cement at somebody's. All right, Lathan, uh, really quickly, I want you to make sure you can tell everyone where they can find more information about Absolutely. First Liberty and the cases that you guys are working on. Absolutely. Thank you. It's uh, firstliberty.org is our website. Uh, if you're a uh, texter, text the word Liberty to 474747. You'll get a response that'll prompt you through getting on our email list. We're not going to spam you to death. We'll just send out a little newsletter update on all of our cases and, and how things are going in the country. And people can uh, learn more about all of these cases and, and many more. At the website. That's great. We really, we appreciate all of the good work that uh, that you guys are doing over there. Um, I also just wanted to point out, Facebook, if you're watching, there may be a reason that we're saving Rob's, uh, uh, Rob's story for overtime. 
because I'm not sure that Mark Zuckerberg will like to hear it on his own platform. So, if you're watching on Facebook, you got to go to blazetv.com to catch overtime. We don't want to hurt Mark Zuckerberg's feelings, all right? We'll see you there. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, Rob, tell us what uh, what the Zuck did. Uh, so the Zuck did, uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Over, I, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, at the Aspen Ideas Festival, um, where a bunch of the hoity-toity go coastal elites, you know, our crowd, go to sit in Aspen <laughs> and, um, and well, talk ideas. Yeah, that's what you said ideas. when you said at the Ideas Festival. The Aspen I'm like, Ideas there's Festival. There's a festival for just There's a festival ideas? for ideas. You don't need to get anything done. You just, you just talk ideas. That sounds awful. Um, <laughs> you know, sounds terrible. It's like, it's like Ted for the elite. Like if yeah, Ted wasn't elite enough. I don't want to take um, But But anyway, so he was there and, you know, somebody asked him a question or he was talking about uh, Facebook's roles and stopping. Um, I don't know what the exact question is. It probably went something like, how are you going to stop all these evil conservatives from filling my Facebook feed with ads mm, during an election? Great question. And he, yeah, something like that. I don't think that was exactly it. But so he talked about what happened in Ireland. Ireland last year voted to allow abortion. It had been illegal, um, you know, since they were part of the British Empire and it had never been taken off the books. They were a Catholic country. It had been illegal in Ireland. And there were, it, in Ireland, there are no laws against people from other countries donating for issue advertisement. I actually don't think there should be in the United States because it's a freedom of speech thing. I think all campaign finance law is unconstitutional. Yes. Yes. Having been part of a campaign finance investigation because I had the temerity to help Republicans get elected in Massachusetts, um, and I was found to have done nothing wrong, um, I really believe this because it took a year of my life. But so... Because of that, people from the United States on both sides probably were arguing about abortion and buying ads to try and affect that election. And Facebook thought that it was their, their, their thing, that they should go ask people in Ireland what they thought of these people from outside. And they're like, well, we can't do anything ourselves, but if you wanted to stop them from advertising, why don't you? So he did, but that goes to the whole, they're playing referee, but then they try to say that they're not biased. Mm -hmm. When he's out there bragging about, no, no, we, we, we did that, you know, they throttle speech, they, they throttle things that are true, right? Mm -hmm. And their fact checkers think that they're not, so they trust the fact checkers, and then people like John Miller get their Facebook stuff throttled and get a strike against them, and get that little thing below it. I forget exactly what it was with John Miller, but it was, you know, they get that little thing about it, you know, read more about this. So, oh, it was the, the people showing up from Africa with diseases mm -hmm. at the border. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you did a little bit, you, you build that up and you say people from Ebola countries. Because they're from countries where people have Ebola and there was an Ebola crisis. I think a lot of it is just, just, just showing. subjective. Yeah, it's, it's subjective. subjective thing that yeah, they're, they're trying to say, what I say about fact checkers and what I say about people like that, people like what happened with Zuckerberg is, it's opinion that they think is fact. It's the opinion of experts that they think is fact. And it's what the media does all the time with every issue. Uh, Mark Levin, who's on our network here at Blaze TV, his book on freedom of the press talks about this. They make up stories. Mm -hmm. the, the social media companies, the media make up stories to 
to get a story, mm -hmm. even though there's not a story there. So they get someone to come and talk about something, and then that becomes the story. But, you know, I think the big thing with this, this social media thing is it's once again, they say something to Congress that we're not, that we're not biased, that we're not doing this, this is not our policies. And then when they're in a big room with a bunch of their friends, they're like, oh yeah, man, you see what we did to help stop that election? Mm -hmm. And, and the, the scary part is we have people from these tech companies in, in Google and Facebook, I think the last one was Google, where they've said, we need to make sure that Donald Trump doesn't happen again. Well, this is how they did it. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, well, and to your point, um, I want to bring up, okay, what is the soccer player's name? Is it Rapino? Rapino. Rapino. All right. She, they have people come parade around on, on television saying things, and that becomes the story. I don't know if you guys heard, she was on Anderson Cooper last night, and she, I wish that I had, we'll play a clip of her, but, but this specific one we don't have, she went on there and he said, if you had a message to the president, if you could give him a message, what would it be? And she said, you have a message of exclusion. You exclude people like me, you exclude people of color, you exclude minorities. And she went on this big, big rant about how the president has all of these uh, policies that exclude special interest groups. Which which policies? That's why I'm like, excluding <laughs> yeah, you how? Saying it doesn't make well, something they, they true. Excluding so you how? Right. And so that becomes the conversation is that we're <laughs> talking about how President Trump is excluding people and, and, and she's going on platforms and all of these people are clapping and saying, I love her. She's my hero. Why? Because she's making crap up? Well, she apparently soloed the entire World Cup because she's the only one they're talking right. to. Right. right. There was no team. It was just her. Right. If I'm a team member of her, I'm pissed. Yeah. No, right you, absolutely. Because well, if you have a message for the president, you have the perfect opportunity to deliver it. You're mm -hmm. going to be invited to the White House, mm -hmm. but you've already said you won't go. Exactly. Everybody can be brave sitting on MSNBC getting softball questions. Right. We want to talk about the bravery of, of, of this lady. Well, be brave then. Right. You have that message, go give it to him. Yeah. He's going to invite you. Right, exactly, yeah. And But, if, I mean, if you can't stand to be around people who don't have the same opinion of you uh, as you do, hmm, I think maybe the problem is you <laughs> and uh, not the president. Um, speaking of good old Megan, uh, you know, there was some controversy about equal pay when it comes to the women's soccer team. And, um, you know, we here at Blaze TV, and I'm sure you as well, Ethan, just because you're a sane, reasonable person, <laughs> Um, we were all like, yeah, that's, you can't just get equal pay when the, you know, the ratings are different and the advertiser revenue is different and like that, it doesn't work that way. Uh, check out what she had to say on a Rachel Maddow show about that. In the moments immediately following the final whistle, you get that USA, USA chant, but equal pay, equal pay along that same cadence. Yeah. I think fans want to know what they can do to support that fight. Fans can come to games. Um, obviously, the national team games will be a, a hot ticket. Um, but we have nine teams in the NWSL. You can go to your league games. Um, you can support that way. You can, um, you know, buy players' jerseys. You can lend your support in that way. You can tell your friends about mm -hmm. it. You can become season ticket holders. Um, I think in terms of, of that, that's the, the easiest way for, for fans to get involved. That just went over every single viewer at MSNBC's viewership because they were like, capitalism? I know. Oh, yeah. I'm so like, that's what she's saying? No, 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 no. You just proved our point. We've been saying that the whole time, dummy. Like, I, I was expecting her to get up and say, well, you cannot come into our games until they pay us more. Yeah. And you can boycott yeah. our advertisers yeah. until they pay more for their advertising. Like, like, that's the normal left-wing response to this stuff. Yeah. And, like, she sounded sane. But I don't Capitalistic. Think, but I don't think she realizes that that's what it was. No. Yeah. She it's doesn't like, realize that's no. what it was.
Yeah, that, that's absolute. That, that's like shocking. Yeah, yeah. There, you know. there is a pay disparity. The, yeah. the men are underpaid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the women's team gets thirteen percent of the revenue. The yeah. men get nine percent. Yeah. So if we want to talk about equality. Um, let's let's make it. Let's give the men thirteen percent. That's a great point. Well, and that that just speaks to you know, Rob, your larger point of you have someone come in and not just talk about uh, the president excluding certain members of society yeah. with absolutely no evidence, but also saying that you know that there is an unequal pay going on. Okay, well, that's not the story, because if you look at the actual numbers, not, you know, not only what you said, but also um, the revenue advertising, numbers. right, revenue. I mean, these are not equal. You cannot platforms. fight. You cannot fight consumer demand. Yeah. It, it can't be done. The, All the regulation in the world won't do it. The, the, the most recent numbers from not this World Cup, but the, but the last one, the women's um, team generated about roughly 75 million and the men's was four billion. Mm-hmm. You can't fight consumer demand. Like, I can't make people want to watch it you play soccer. Right. It isn't President Trump's fault that nobody wants to watch women's soccer. Right. And I did. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, went, I was at the actually the championship game in Canada four years ago. Really? I went. I was in Vancouver. But yeah. um, go ahead, Jason. I just, it's, it's such a typical leftist tactic. You know, like it's yes. like the, the border. Like, yeah, it, it's the situation right now in the detention centers looks bad. Why is that? Right. Because 100000 a month are coming over. Right. Do you right. think it's going to be smelling great down there? Right. But right. what's the actual issue? It's that right. it's, 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 we, our border laws suck. Mm-hmm. We don't have a physical barrier, so they're coming over and they're overloading. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but with, with this thing, it's, it's, it's not that there's some evil cabal of men that are like capping, they're putting wage caps, yeah. you know, or something like right. that for women. Right. That, that doesn't exist. That's actually illegal. Yeah. It's, it's, that is not the and issue. It has been for a while. The yeah. issue yeah. with the women's soccer team is that women's soccer sucks. Yeah. It really it's not, does. It's not interesting it's not to good. watch. It's not interesting to watch. And you're going to have a problem getting people to sponsor it and getting more money. That's just the that's the issue. I do know a couple people who watched the the championship, but that's the championship, right? Like True. who's going to who watches? I didn't even know women's soccer was going on until this chick came out and started blabbing her mouth. You know, I okay, I have an analogy for you guys. I want to just bounce it off you and see if you can if you see if you can handle it. She is the lesbian Jesse Smollett. She was mad that nobody knew who she was, <laughs> and she made herself a victim of President Trump to make a name for herself with absolutely no evidence, and now everybody's talking about her. It worked. It really, yeah, she's everywhere right now. Absolutely worked. And wh- it's like, why? Why are we giving this chick airtime? Because yeah, she I, hates President Trump, I think. No, it, it's exactly, yeah, it, it's exactly right. It's the whole, you know, the left. It, like Levin said, like we were saying earlier, it's you put somebody on to act as a foil and then that becomes the news. And it doesn't matter what the mm-hmm. truth is mm-hmm. um, because we're in a post-truth society. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last week, the, I don't know if you guys saw that. You guys probably talked about it. The New York Times video that came out, the America American Stinks, right? Okay. In that video, in that video, they had, well, one of the things about democracy is voting and you know, Americans don't exercise their right to vote like the Australians who voted 80 percent. It is illegal, finable, and you can go to jail for not voting in Australia. (laughs) It's like, but like they don't even fact check their own stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad your analogy was Smollett and not Kaepernick because I was going to say, well, she's actually good at what she does. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's what kills me about Kaepernick. I'm like, you just did this because you're sick. You you were benched long before you started. His his activism began after he was benched, not before. What a coincidence. Mm. You you know, because she stood up 
in the championship game and didn't kneel, you know she was benched for violating the rules in kneeling during that. They're not saying that that's what it is. They're saying that it was a hamstring. But in the semifinal game, she did not play. And the next game she played, she stopped kneeling. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that uh, would require me watching women's. Oh, well, that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> right. It was a very <laughs> nice when I was yeah. in Vancouver <laughs> and was there and the sweltering yeah, heat. Yeah, it was yeah, fun yeah, to yeah. be there because it's, yeah, all right. Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll what should President Trump's number one priority be in 2020? Uh, 49% of you said build the wall, 28% said drain the swamp. 13% said healthcare reform, and 10% said fix trade with China. So China and trade at the bottom, build the wall at the top. Jason, you're shaking your head. I would say none of the above. Fix spending. That's my biggest issue right now. I don't know. Well, so, so the border is a big deal. It so it's so I, I would so fixing the border and fixing fixing spending are both equally high. Well, you can go talk to the people who make this poll and tell them that they didn't have your option on there. I'm gonna do that. <laughs> uh, all right, today's poll: Which Democratic can, candidate poses the biggest threat to Trump in 2020? Marianne Williamson, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, or Elizabeth Warren? I feel like I'm being trolled if right they now. They pumped her up Williamson. just for you. I bet they did. They didn't did. They? they had to. Have. <laughs> they had to. Have. Lathan, uh, Rob, I don't know if you know this either. Marianne, she's my girl. I mean, not really. But I'm kind of like a conservative hippie, um, <laughs> if I were to be able to explain this accurately. And I don't so, think we have show. I, yeah. she's she's she is my girl. She is my kind of girl. So I'm sure that I'm being trolled here. But uh, in all seriousness, poses the biggest threat threat to Trump. Biden, Sanders, or Warren, Jason? Biden, absolutely. I've said before, he'll, he can get those people in the middle that flipped back over to Trump before. Mm -hmm. And so those people that are on the fence, those can th those, those are the swingers. Those are the ones that will swing the votes. So I Whoa. think Biden is. Not like that. Whoa. Vote swingers. <laughs> that's Clinton. Yeah, that's a Clinton. Clinton's not back on the ballot, right. guys. Um, of those, uh, yeah. I would have to go with uh, Biden, but it, it just shows you kind of where their party is right now. I mean, Biden if he's the the reasonable voice at the table, you are really at the wrong table. I know. No well, that's why that's why I mean, we're this like guy in that party used to be the like the drunk uncle at Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. This is a guy. He's fun to have around. Going to say some fun stuff, some yeah. wacky things. But when it's time to cut the turkey, keep him away from sharp objects. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the. This is now the reasonable voice at right. the table. Yeah. In those uh, debates, so of the the folks that are running, yes, he's probably the the most viable candidate. But that says a lot in, in and of itself. I agree, Rob. I think it's Biden. I just want to know why Obama won't endorse him. There's got to be something there. There's got. I think it's got to do with the Kamala Harris stuff and and all that kind of stuff. Because his, you know, he his whole time it being stuff. It goes back to the, you know, you can't go to a Seven Eleven without hearing an Indian accent. You know, I think he's just got some crazy drunk uncle. I also, um, old I also, school tendencies. I also wonder, <laughs> too, if, um, you know, Obama's in a weird spot where he's watching this play out as to are the crazy socialists going to take control of this party or are the moderate as you can get, right? Uh, or are the moderate, uh, you know, more establishment people going to win out? And I don't think, if I'm Obama, I don't want, I'm not ready to put all my eggs in one of those baskets yet because I don't know how it's going to play out. But you normally endorse your vice president. Normally. Yeah. You know, that, but yeah, but I and I and I get that, and but I think that, but it's ridiculous to think right. that he they did whatever they have uh, that's keeping him from endorsing him. They didn't know, it's, right? The, exactly. The media just wouldn't report on it then mysteriously. See. But Biden's been in politics for exactly 177 mm. years, yeah. um, and I think he <laughs> was 50 at the time when he yeah. entered into it. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, but so there, everything to know about him is known. We know about all the crazy things he's done or do, creepy things he's done. 
Um, all that's out there. We so, like, what are you scared? We have the video. So, what are you scared of? Yeah, and just people actually caring now because they are. You know, this is like a new the era. era they get the whole. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you think at the Blazes Twitter. That is at the Blaze, gentlemen. Thank you for being here. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Your maiden voyage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Head about water. They should get Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.